Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, well, hello everyone. <laughs> I don't hello. have hello. I don't have a thing. My my brain is full of election stuff and I don't think either of you want to talk about that. That's the only thing that that I think about all the time. <laughs> That's not a fun exciting intro to our podcast <laughs> well do you want to know what i've been thinking about nonstop for the last four days um is, is it the topic of our show because that's usually what you're thinking about yeah it was ju- it was just how do i get taylor swift tour tickets yeah yeah i knew i knew Not it the album taylor specifically <laughs> it was just how i get tour tickets this is a big moment guys she hasn't gone on tour since i've been an adult with my own money to do with as I please. Oh, I've no. never seen her in concert. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. I, I'm excited that you may have that opportunity. All because Joe Biden is coming for Ticketmaster. <laughs> <laughs> is Joe, Joe Biden working with Taylor Swift to get this done democratically? You know, I think he really pushed it because she didn't set a DC date. So I think he thinks like, oh, oh if okay. I do this for her, maybe she'll come here. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> He just really wants to see her live. Why? Well, I, I was surprised. When I saw that she was going on tour and I thought of you and I looked to see. I wonder when she's going to be in D.C. It never occurred to me she wouldn't be. I guess I kind of assumed like D.C., New York, L.A., well, Chicago. I, I don't know. A- like, aren't those the places you do shows? And I was surprised to not see D.C. or New York there. I guess there's a difference between stadiums and arenas because stadiums are what she's doing because they have like between 80 and 100,000 seats. So she can get as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And technically, we don't have a stadium like that in D.C. Oh. We have like arenas. Um, and I guess New York City is the same. Like in New York City, there's no big stadium. Well, that, that we, I mean, uh, what was that? You guys have sports there. We do. We do have. I mean, we I've have seen like stadium shows field, in New York. The same size. I, I mean, what was the, the, we went to one. I was going to say the Green Day show. That was a big that was a big venue. That was a stadium. That was an that was a baseball stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I don't was, know. This is man, we are saying so much about ourselves right now that we went to a baseball stadium. I know there was a baseball field under us. Um we I mean we have a baseball stadium here. They just I guess it's not as big. I don't know. Well, Interesting. I, I've noticed, I mean, this just from the like living in New York that a lot of places, a lot of touring acts will not come to the city specifically you you go to new jersey or somewhere close mm. but mm. and it could just be the cost it could be mm. like the sure the logistics but i i don't know if i i i feel that excuses it when it's like a little punk band that i want to see i don't know about yeah. taylor swift i'm, I'm surprised yeah. too who knows <laughs> yeah and i mean harry styles took up residency at madison square so he's got that locked down you can't, oh, can't that's, invade there is that what it is i don't know yeah, I didn't know that until like two days ago. I just keep seeing people eternally at one of his concerts. It's like, well, that's why I guess he's just always there. Huh. I don't, yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Like, I know you I can do that in like Vegas, but. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like, ro- Rose a Flag. This is mine now. I'm Harry Styles. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird how, wait, you wait, know. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That was it. Not redoing that. Do you need to go back to that? No. Was that Harry Styles voice? Yeah. Could you do more Harry. of a Harry Styles impression? Harry Styles. Nope, that's it. Harry. That's all you got. <laughs> Does he drop the H? Is he that? Is he that? 
kind of British that you drop the H? I don't know. <laughs> Cockney? Is that what that is? Harry Styles. <laughs> It's like a little bit of waiting for Guffman here. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> it's just it's making a broad uh, assumption. I'm sorry. Sorry, Zed, I, don't, I didn't mean to I interrupt don't know. you. I just had to hear. I had to hear that. Uh, had to hear that voice one more time. I uh, have not. You know what, Tay? You may be right. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that movie he was in, and I haven't heard him sing as much, other than when we listened to his album the one time. And singing is sometimes hard to distinguish all the accents Mm -hmm. i don't know that i've heard harry styles speak like talk not sent you i like i i'm trying to think of a time where i just heard him talking yeah i don't i I saw that interview where he was talking about how he liked the movie he was in because it was a movie yeah okay but i can't i feel like i immediately went i don't need it i'm not gonna engage with this i'm gonna block this from my brain and then i that was where it went it it went away in my head yeah yeah i've seen tiktoks of him doing like the little bits between songs at concerts like when you talk before the next song um but that's it i never yeah i'm i he was on snl once i maybe i heard him then or did he just sing i don't remember Okay, that uh, Taylor. For all I know, that might be what he sounds like. I mean, it might not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I didn't rehearse that. I, it was just a little throwaway comment. Now it's sure. It's I bet you that's enough. definitely what he sounded like when he first auditioned for Simon Cowell when he was like twelve. <laughs> I feel like, like that's a reek on my trans voice. <laughs> no, I mean the thick accent. I mean, like before he was famous. That's all I meant. I, Okay, I meant like fine. before he was famous and felt a need to make it like Ooh. Americanized and fancy. Well, like, uh, you know, back when he was like working at a bakery. Okay. He was I 19 think, 12. I think he was like 16 or 17. But you were assuming that Americanized would be fancy. Uh, that's an interesting well, question, though. What is what it, like I sorry, we, in I America? Guess, well, no, but we know what like accents we are supposed to like suppress. Like, for instance, coming from Appalachia, you all have probably done what I've done, which is. Mm-hmm try to soften my accent a little Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. make it as obvious especially in certain rooms where I become very aware of how I sound compared to everyone else in the room and I try Mm -hmm. to hide it but there are other accents in the U.S. that you don't have to hide you can be proud of and it's it's fine it's cool it's whatever I wonder I don't know what the British equivalents of that are is what I'm saying yeah I I think there are equivalents but I think that they only exist to people that are like grew up with an ear for British accents. Yeah. Like I think mm-hmm. ev- everybody that that is British sounds British to me, and they will have very strong opinions about. No, their accent is this. Their accent is that, and that's all well and good. That's you know part of their culture. But I can't hear the difference. It all sounds fancy to me. It all yeah. sounds like you. You probably are smarter than me because of the way you talk. <laughs> I I can I tell like put, northern. I should not have put Americanized and southern or fancy in the same sense. I meant. I feel like it's common for a lot of British singers or like non-American singers to try to make their voices sound less like they have an accent Mm. because they think it'll sell better. I mean, like, I didn't know Adele was British for like her first two albums. Or more like they have an American accent. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe so. I, I can't. I think it's I think generally speaking, no matter if you're singing, um, in like 
one language, whatever your original language or accent or whatever is, you it's harder to tell when you're singing what yeah. those nuances are. I think that's mm-hmm. true when you hear somebody who English is not their first language singing English. I can't. I th- I still think it all starts to. I, I could never tell you what their accent is or what their yeah. you know first language is. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. So what I'm saying is I have no idea what Harry Styles sounds like when he speaks. <laughs> Theo Smith. <laughs> okay. Well, I, maybe I should watch now. I should watch that it's movie. Taylor's voice. <laughs> it's as far as I know, like. he speaks with a Cockney accent and calls himself Harry Styles. <laughs> I mean, I, that that sounds cute. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't have a I problem think, with that. I think that movie might be a bad judge because I'm like ninety percent positive he's supposed to be doing a somewhat American accent in that. Oh, okay. Well, see, that would make it even more confusing. If I saw, I saw it, then I'd be saying, like, oh, my God, he's American and we yeah. were all tricked. I saw people saying, is he supposed to be doing a good American accent? Because if he is, it's not very good. And then some people were saying, no, he's supposed to be an American. No, wait, British doing a bad American accent is the intent. Well, I mean, and I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to that. But <laughs> that's, that's what convenient. the Internet told me. I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think. He's supposed to be an American character that is doing a British accent at some uh, point for reasons. Okay. But that's that's a lot to ask from any actor, I think. Like, okay, so like imagine like, okay, you're an American, but I want you to pretend to not be an American, but trying to speak with an American accent. Like, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. How do you go from <laughs> British to American and then make your American into like a British accent, but make it obvious you're doing you're an American with a British that's, accent. That's, that's, a, that's a challenge. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a challenge for, that Harry Styles took Styles. on. And, maybe <laughs> and I guess we're saying job. he's the best actor in history. <laughs> because he's in a movie that's like a movie. It's a, like it's a, movie. a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. he does in the interview, by the way. I'm not just saying that. Like in the interview, it's like he's trying to think and he's like, because it's like a movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm not hating on Harry Styles. You all know I like Harry Styles. I know. No, I don't. Ha- I'm, I don't have a problem with Harry Styles, and I don't know what he sounds like when he speaks. So, Harry, because you're listening, we we're not. <laughs> don't worry, we're we have no problem with you. you. We've just only heard you sing, except for Taylor, who has heard you speak. No, still thinks. Yep, <laughs> still thinks you have it a was a throwaway <laughs> comment. Why am I? <laughs> oh, because it was so good. I'm just joking. Um. But we're not that, talking about Harry Styles no, today. But Harry Styles is one of the people that Taylor Swift has sung about, right? Yes, we were talking about one of her, well, wait, his exes. Yes, Taylor Swift. I don't think you're legally allowed to refer to Taylor Swift as anyone's ex. Well, we were talking about Harry Styles. That's why I almost said that's one of her exes, but I was trying to do the lead-in to make Taylor Swift the last thing gotcha. that came out. And that's just like the, the structure I had to go with. I understand. We're talking about Taylor Swift's new album. Yes. Midnight's. Yes. Which I have not been able to make you all listen to a Taylor Swift album in a year. Red Taylor's version was the last one that came out last November. Here we are this November. Brand new one. Let's talk talk about it. I had already seen some of the music videos because of Charlie and Cooper and Mm -hmm. because of you. Well, because the Bejeweled music video is Mm -hmm. like a Cinderella thing with all sorts of sparkles and like pretty dresses and music that the girls would like so i told you like well they need to watch this mm-hmm. um 
And they did like good. it. They liked yeah. it very much. Yeah. Especially Charlie. Although Charlie Charlie keeps reverting back to the old Taylor Swift songs that she likes best. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I thought she might like this one. Because it's, it's poppier than, you know, her last couple of albums. She, she does. I, I think I think the... Um, I don't know. Does Taylor Swift usually make music videos out of like most of her songs or just singles or what's the. So in the past, she had done the singles for every album um, would get music video treatment. So like obviously, usually before the album fully came out, you know, the singles Mm -hmm. that were released and got a music video, Um, except for the two albums she released with like less than 24 hours notice that night when the album came out, the lead single for each album had a music video. Um, but she said that for this album, she had like a whole visual concept for the whole thing in her head as she was making it. So she wants to make like a visual album. And also this is the first time that she's like consistently directed all of them. So is there a music video for every song? Or is there going to be? Well, that's kind of what she hinted at. At least the 13 on like the original one. She did a whole like sneak preview the day before the album came out with a bunch of clips from like tons of different videos that were in different settings, different costumes and stuff and said that she had made like a visual album of sorts. Okay, so when you say she hinted at, you don't mean like you usually do, which is you and other Taylor Swift fans put together a series of clues or maybe just random things that people noticed (laughs) into a puzzle that you have created a narrative from. (laughs) No, this was a it was an announcement she made that was vague. So like, I don't know how many songs have music videos, but she put out like a big montage, almost like a trailer for it with clips from a bunch of different ones. And there are some clips in there that are not in the two music videos she's released so far. So gotcha. there must be others. Is gotcha. The thinking. OK. Um, yeah. No, that was an actual announcement. No, I, I just know I always have to distinguish like, is it real or is it something that you guys have used your red string in your in your wall of puzzles to put together i gotta be honest i think that she's getting a little bit like if you're like a game master in an escape room and you're watching people try to put it together and they're missing like the most obvious clues because they're thinking that like the outlets in the walls have like something secret behind them um i can imagine just like sitting there screaming at your computer like no look at the big painting that has hinges on it that opens um that's what i feel like she felt like watching all of us pick at things that were nothing so her music videos recently have been full of very obvious Mm. like more easter eggs that are actual easter eggs intentionally dropped to demonstrate something instead of grabbing it you know hints from the past 10 years and putting them together into something in this vein i liked the song mastermind (laughs) oh did you yeah as long as we're uh, we're kind of hinting, we're kind of running up against that concept. So I thought I would throw that yeah. out there. I I really yeah. like that one. I like that song too. The the trend that it inspired of women revealing the steps they took to to capture their man <laughs> was, a little, was a lot. I don't know well, about this. I just listened to the yeah. song. There was something not not just lyrically. There was something with the ambiance of the song. Something mm-hmm. with the music that i found very i don't know it pulled me in i like that song (laughs) what is the trend what is the trend i need to know the trend it's literally just that song with women like putting a text on the screen that says like oh i masterminded my relationship he you know i met him here like once and then i 
looked up his favorite things and then found him online and then followed him to where like he would be this day and then like I, I don't know all these kind of things and it's like now we're dating we've been together for two years okay. I, I found a, him talk about his favorite books and then in conversation when he asked me what my favorite books are I said his favorite books and then I had to read them because I hadn't read any of them like that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> I don't know the best the best part about that song is uh, there is a song on Folklore, her album that came out two years ago called Invisible String, that the point of that song is that her and her current relationship, that's the same one that she was dating then and is dating now, um, that they like had all these invisible coincidences where they almost would have run into each other or like they'd heard about each other. And then it all led up to them finally meeting. So it's mm-hmm. like this whole idea of like they were invisibly tied to each other and then they just finally found each other. And then this song comes out and it's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> you made it happen. There was no invisible string. It was Taylor Swift all along. But 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 the song isn't that she did. It's like, imagine if she did, right? Mm. I don't think so. Oh. I mean, I okay, I think this is where some some people have been getting confused listening to her songs from this album mm-hmm. because Folklore and Evermore inspired a whole new generation of people to listen to her that did not previously. Mm-hmm. And before those two albums, her songs were about her life. It was very rare sure. for her to write about something that she had not experienced. But those two albums are just like story albums almost. Songs and fake characters that she created that she made stories about and then wrote about in song form. This album goes back to what she would have been doing had there been no pandemic, thus no folklore and evermore, writing songs about her life. Mm. Um, so these are all a lot more inspired by actual her experiences. It's also why she's not doing like the indie so- kind of softer acoustic stuff in this album. That's never what she did before. She just took a pandemic break. And sure. Wrote two whole albums like we, we all did <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. Some of us learned how to yeah. garden and bake bread and other people produce platinum albums. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I assume they're platinum. I don't know that. I just kind of. I mean, probably assumed. Some of us know. just survived and that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> I listened to the Taylor Swift albums. Well, there you go. That was and your I part. I heard you talk about learning to garden. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not very good at it. It turns out. I thought you were really good at it. I I had I think I had beginner's luck my first year I had a super successful like regular vegetable garden and herb garden and then the last couple years I've just I've not been able to reproduce the results I don't know I'm blaming the weather (laughs) anyway I'll blame the weather too then I don't I don't know I just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna study more before next year and I'm gonna do better it's that global warming you know that's a real thing I tried to blame climate change for a while and that felt like an excuse for bad gardening (laughs) for me personally i don't mean like globally i just mean in my little (laughs) garden box in the backyard it probably was just that i wasn't i wasn't tending to it enough anyway (laughs) that's what that's what a campaign will do to you distract you from your vegetables that's what it was i just wasn't tending to my garden i wasn't weeding and watering and adjusting the soil Mm -hmm. I, i have compost i didn't put it on there like i wasn't doing the right things yeah Tell us more about your gardening trip. No, I don't want. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Like, no, I don't want to. Taylor Swift, not gardening failure with Sydney. This is a bad gardening podcast. Um, uh, I should say, like, just generally, this album is her tenth studio album, but 
technically 12th because of the two re-recorded albums if you count the originals and the re-records um and it came out october 21st uh it is 13 songs that are supposed it's supposed to be a concept album is what she said about all the things that keep her up at night past midnight thinking about and uh then she surprise released the 3 a.m edition which came out at 3 a.m on october 21st instead of midnight um that had seven extra songs Mm. so it's like a general overview Um, of the thing yeah i uh i overall i enjoyed it i um the songs i get like the songs that were singles Uh, obviously i understand why those stuck out to me as ones Mm -hmm. that i enjoyed a lot the Mm anti-hero that's a single i assume because that was a music video well what do you mean by single uh was released before the rest of the album played on the so, radio a lot more. I see that's I what know. is. I mean, see, a single what, used no, to no, come no, out I'm like released singly, but that we don't do that anymore. That's why I'm genuinely asking what you mean because I've been very confused by the concept. Like the Billboard 100, whatever that's supposed to be for singles. Like you used to be singles. able to. Pr- okay, you but used to be able to purchase a single, so like a cassette okay. with a single okay. on it, and then like a B side, yeah. but. She did not release any songs or snippets of anything before midnight, the day this album came out, which was very unusual, usually, except for the two albums she announced the day of that they came out. Obviously, she didn't release anything early for those, but this one, she didn't release anything early. Um, So now... But Antihero has been called the lead single because it had the big music video that came out the day the album came out, basically. I, I would... Okay. Taylor, I feel like you're more in touch with music than me. Do you think the equivalent of our concept of a single, which used to be either something that you could physically buy the single of something, or it would be the first song out on the radio? Yeah. Like, that's how I I would think about it. Like, Alanis Morissette, when Jagged Little Pill was released, the singles were all the songs we heard on the radio first before we bought the CD, or Mm -hmm. there were also music videos of the singles. So, like, you know, we saw You Oughta Know, the music video, before we bought the CD, that kind of thing. Now would the equivalent just be the songs we, if you release it all at the same time, are those the songs that get videos? Well, I think that's fair because that was still kind of the way it worked for us too. I mean, you would, the singles often were the ones that got videos before the CD was released. You'd you'd see them on like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's depending on how mainstream your music was. You'd see them on TRL and then you'd get the album and the CD. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that is... I do think, and I mean, I, the, with the two that she's made video, that she's released videos for, aren't those some of the bigger songs? Like, still sort of following yeah. that format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because Antihero charted highest out of all the songs on the album. She obviously, I mean, she took up the whole top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, which like had never happened before. So obviously all of them charted very well. But that one was highest. Um, and the rest kind of fell in order of where they are in the album, which I think just speaks to people that started the album and that gets the most streams from the beginning and then dropped off. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, I, I guess the video. Uh, for mm. other albums, it's been very traditional, like you just said. She would release songs from the album to play on the radio and stuff to stream before the album came out with a video sometimes yeah Um, you can download i don't know why people do slash would you can download and pay to download single versions of the songs like those two songs and then instrumental versions like uh string versions i think of a couple of them um 
but I, again, I don't know why people would pay to download digitally an album that like you can with, stream on a streaming service. Like for karaoke? <laughs> Sorry, I don't, not instrumental. No, no. Like I don't think you that, want instrumental was the wrong string word. quartet. <laughs> yeah, like like a more acoustic version. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like right karaoke versions. I was like, no. well, that's convenient, I guess. If you want to, if you want to get right in there, karaoke, and you got to learn the words pretty quick. If you want to karaoke right away, but it's nice, it's considerate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, people do. I mean, people download the album, pay for it. I just, I pay for my music streaming service, so I'm not. It's it's hard for me to also then pay to digitally download something especially because i usually buy a physical copy so uh, yeah well i'm assuming you have to buy for this one you're going to be buying all the variant covers <laughs> well and if you put no. them together they spell out a message that sends you somewhere and then you end up in the cia okay. somehow no, but you do you know what clock. happens when you put the what well, do you they, it makes right. a clock when you put them all together right. it's like an actual working clock no i didn't buy it there were so many people that bought 16 versions of an album i could not do that i bought um the target cd because it has extra songs on it that you can't even stream anywhere more than the 20 yeah Uh. well okay this is the thing that some people have been very upset about the cds and vinyls that everyone ordered only have 13 they do not have the seven other songs so a lot of people are like well what the heck some of my favorite songs are on these other songs but i just ordered 16 versions of an album that only has 13 they ordered Uh, all 16 versions yeah, like she, so she did like four for the CDs and four for the vinyls. So there's eight. And then she did like four signed CDs. There's 12. And then like if you got a Target CD and a Target vinyl. Um, the oh Target one, it does, it has an entirely new song. There are three songs on it that you can't stream. Two are just remixes of songs that are on the album. One is entirely new that I personally think is like the best song of, of all of them. But I couldn't. I couldn't share it with you all and I couldn't you can't listen to it online because you can only listen to it right now on the Target vinyl or the Target CD. What? Okay, so so all you can get online are twenty songs. Yeah. Yeah. For right all. now. All. Okay. Just twenty. Okay. Yeah. Just twenty. <laughs> she's she's done this before and had Target exclusives that have extra songs, but then three or four weeks after the album comes out, then you can stream those. But with social media, obviously, you have all these people talking about how great this song is. So, like, you're going to go buy the CD so you can listen to it immediately. Mm. I bought it because it, it's pretty. It's a lavender one. Because mm-hmm. the there's a song the on it one. called Lavender Haze. But don't get it twisted, kiddos. Doesn't mean it's gay. No. Don't don't get it twisted. No. Which that is not I think what that meant. There was that debate about that song before it came out because of the title. And I think once you listen to the lyrics and her talking about how like everyone is constantly asking her now whether you know they're married because women can pretty much only be what she says a one night or a bride like you can't be in between you can't be a woman in like a long-term relationship without getting married um so i think it's that's that's what she was talking about she was talking about weird rumors about her relationship before it came out Mm. um but that obviously was an issue yeah, it probably just wasn't very good wording because yeah. it's not a weird rumor to say that she got married and didn't tell anybody. Like, that's not weird. It's a rumor. Well, it may be untrue. It may be unfair. It may be chauvinist, misogynist, sexist. But it's not weird to think that two people who are together for a while got married and didn't want to make a big to-do over it because pandemic, they're famous, 
blah, I guess, blah. You know, that's I guess it would be weird. weird if you are that person and people are con- people you don't know are constantly asking you like details about your private relationship that she's very publicly said I don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're rarely seen together. They don't you know talk about the details of their relationship or whatever. Um, so I guess more so it's just like how would you also feel if people were constantly asking you, are you married yet? Are you married yet? I know all about your relationship and how long you all have been together. I don't know you or you don't know me, but I know all about you. Are you married yet? Yeah, but I agree. It's, it's not a wild rumor. No, no I, I had not heard it. I will say, but then you're my source of Taylor Swift rumors. So if you have heard them and dismissed them, then they don't make it to me. <laughs> well, it was a pandemic rumor that like they got married during the two years that you know no one was sure. seen anywhere um even some people said like they had kids while no one was seen anywhere mm-hmm. um which is not true I mean, like even if it was like it's, it's it's none of our business yeah i feel like you know like what yeah. like dolly parton had a partner for what like has had the same husband for mm-hmm. like two decades and she just showed his face like i don't know a year or two ago i was like that's right that's yeah. him that's that's my guy. Uh, nobody nobody pushed like oh I want to know Do- Dolly Parton truthers like just let right let, let let celebrities have private lives. It's fine. I think yeah. I think what's intriguing about that is just the idea that you're able to keep somebody out of the public eye for that long mm-hmm. if you're Dolly Parton. That's kind of fat. I would want to know the logistics behind that because that would be how fascinating to. I just don't know how you do that. When I think about like just the realities of a relationship like how many places Justin and I go together. Not that either of us are famous, so it doesn't matter now, but if one of us became famous, I don't know how I would, the other, you know, I don't know how we would do that. Like, you know, the logistics yeah. are fascinating. But like, I don't know, maybe your partner's just a real homebody, you know, like, oh, you're going mm-hmm. to the, you're going to the Emmys. Have fun. Goodbye. I'll, have fun at the Emmys. I'll, I'll make you some food. It'll be here for you when you get yeah. home. Have a good time. Yeah. I, that's why, and, I try to maintain this distinction when I talk about these like silly theories about her music and stuff. I don't like to engage with the ones that are about her personal private life, like her past relationships or her identity or her current relationship or anything. I feel like that's like taking it a little bit too far because I feel like it's unlikely she's going to be dropping hints about her past personal experiences. But I do think she's been known to drop hints about what music she might release next or like what the name of her next album is going to be or something like that. Like I will theorize about that kind of stuff all day because I enjoy Mm -hmm. her music. So I'm going to speculate on what music is coming next, but sure. I don't know. It it does feel very like invasive to be like, okay, but tell us all the details about your personal life. Yeah. Cause I like your music. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I know what you're saying. And I think, I mean, I think it's one of those things that like, not a lot of people really stop and consider because it's so long been like seen as the consequence of fame. Mm-hmm. Like, well, sorry, that's what happens. You get famous and everybody gets to be up in your business. And especially with Taylor Swift, I think a lot of it leads back to like, well, if you're going to sing about guys you used to date, then you, you started the conversation, not us. And I think that it, hopefully we are at a point of culture shift where we have enough younger people saying, yeah, but I mean, 
can we stop though? Can mm-hmm. we stop now? Like I understand that for years we just accepted that that's what it meant to be famous is that you had no privacy, but maybe we maybe not now. Yeah. Well, it it it, it kind of bums me out because it's like what is present on this album? There are a lot of songs that refer to feeling like uh, alone or feeling like the mm-hmm. bad guy mm-hmm. or feeling hated or feeling mm-hmm. ostracized. Like it's clear that the impact that celebrity has had on Taylor Swift and she's not hateful about it. You know, she doesn't seem yeah. angry, but she feels really resigned to this level of sort of like baseline discomfort in her life as like that's not yeah. you don't need like a secret code to see that that's right there why don't you just mm-hmm. listen She's to the lyrics it. and yeah. i think maybe yeah. have like have some awareness of that like that seems yeah. to be the answer and i, I that idea that mm-hmm. like celebrity opens you up to everything i i think she's responding to that in her music very clearly mm-hmm. yeah i think that's why people like anti-hero so much is because she said before it was released she said this is like the most i've ever shared about my deepest insecurities and the things i hate most about myself like this song is everything i hate about myself and then i it makes me feel a little bit bad obviously i don't like feel bad for taylor swift but in every interview she kept saying like don't feel bad for me obviously i have a great life and like i'm very lucky don't feel bad for me but i also hate you know all these things about myself because of how i am in the public eye and because of how i've been in the public eye since i was 14 or whatever um so yeah, I don't know. It is a weird, weird uh, double. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a broken capitalist concept that if you give somebody enough money, they should be able to be okay with abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's not there's not yeah. a, a bankroll high enough that can pay for you to feel better about horrible things said right. or done to you. I don't know. And that's not, I don't yeah. again like I don't feel personally connected to taylor swift but i do think right. that i feel bad that she has to say don't feel bad for me i have a great life like yeah right. lots of people have great lives and they still suffer yeah yeah like a you great know, life I, on paper because you have millions of dollars isn't necessarily a great life right. yes i think that's why also which we probably won't talk about in here because it's a whole book and i'm not going to make you all read a whole book but um jeanette mccurdy from who was on iCarly. oh i yeah. read that book yeah she has released a memoir called i'm glad my mom died <laughs> And it's about how everyone told her, you know, you're a Nickelodeon kid. Like, look how popular, or a Disney kid, I guess, whatever, whichever channel was on. Look how popular you are. You're so famous. These famous people you're meeting, the money you're making. Like, how are you not just having the best life? And I mean, of course, it was all because her mother was forcing her into it and Mm -hmm. emotionally abusing her. And she was being abused on the set. Like, it wasn't something she ever chose to do. So it's very much like, why do we expect people... Why do we assume that people in this position have chosen everything that comes along with it? Well, and it's, you know, it's the ultimate, like, that's how you also stall progress. If you're interested in keeping the status quo, if you're interested in keeping the, like, level of, like, especially wealth inequality that we have in our system, it is really important that you keep people who are struggling for one set of reasons that have to do with, like, financial insecurity like fighting against people who are struggling for other sets of reasons, but are also very financially secure, you know, Mm -hmm. like let's make sure all these people let's continue, continue this like foment this hatred among them instead of looking at the system that harms all of us yeah, and directing their energy together to fixing the system. You know, that's, that's exactly why you have that. Like, so you can't suffer because you're not, you know, suffering financially. So no suffering can occur. Yeah. Well, you know, and I joked about 
Joe Biden and ticket prices or whatever. But I mean, it also like people are saying, I can't believe Taylor Swift would do this to her fans. We don't have thousands of dollars to spend on tickets. Her tickets are going to be so expensive. Why would you do this? And it's like, well, it's not her. It's the fact that now Ticketmaster and these stadiums and these companies are taking advantage of the fact that we just had a pandemic and that this is a concert that people have been waiting for for half a decade now and will take advantage of things like dynamic pricing and gouging and not doing everything they can to prevent bots because, you know, they want money. Like mm-hmm. they are the ones that are profiting off of all of us that aren't necessarily the most financially secure or stable. Um, well, doesn't yeah. there are two songs on this album, at least that mention something along the lines of I took the money. Like, like I feel like she's a, there's an awareness of like, I don't know. I, I respect that. I feel like it's honest. Again, you don't have to, you don't need to look for secret symbols in her music videos. She's being yeah. very honest on this album mm-hmm. about like the cost of fame. And at some point, like I'm going to take the money and do what I have to do to take care of myself. And what, what do I owe people that have constantly given the worst faith reads of me or misinterpreted yeah. me or treated me horribly yeah. or dehumanized me? And I, yeah. I, I respect that. <laughs> That's on You're On Your Own Kid, which is, I think, mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs. Yeah, um, I like that one. On the album. Yeah, w- because it's about yeah. how she's felt growing up in fame and how she's been treated as a young person. And that part of the bridge where she says, "I, you know, the jokes weren't funny and I took the money and my friends from home don't know what to say. Like, these things people were saying about her and jokes people were making she didn't think any of it was funny but it kept boosting her to this other level because people kept knowing oh taylor swift the one that writes about her exes and her breakups like she took the money from that because it did get her fame but also she feels disconnected from the actual person she was Mm -hmm. before i do i do love that song though that that is a good one that's one of the ones i liked along with uh mastermind i like the one snow on the, on the beach. beach. I like that one. Yeah. I don't know why. That one, it's a little disappointing to me. Um, just be, I like the song, but just because in the past, Taylor Swift has been notorious for, and I can critique her. I'm not going to sit here and say she does no wrong. She's been notorious for having females featured on songs mm-hmm. and p- advertising them as like, oh, look, I'm featuring this female group or, you know, artist. And then they don't have a verse. It's just like they do background vocals. Um, like when she did that song with Phoebe Bridgers, that's the first time that a woman had had an actual verse on a song of hers. So she advertised this as like the one feature on this album featuring Lana Del Rey, trying to get all of Lana Del Rey's listeners to come listen to her music. And you wouldn't even know Lana Del Rey was in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> it's a good song, but yeah, that is true. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's done so many duets and features with male artists and groups. Um, so that one was a little disappointing just for that reason. But I do like the actual song mm-hmm. aside from that. Well, I like and the, I, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say a lot of the time too, I think what we fall into the trap, especially with female artists is to try to ascribe motive to those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When like, she's just making music, she's making the decisions that are best for her music that, you know, male artists do it's that not, all the time and are not subject to that level of critique of like, but why, you know, yeah. It's not malicious. It's probably just the music she's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the Karma song. I thought that was that was cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like very. I don't know. I mean, Taylor's just gone through a lot of public 
stuff. Like, I like that that's maybe her takeaway from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, stuff will come around. I don't have to do anything. You know, I love that song because it's so just fun and silly. Like, her saying, like, karma is a cat purring yeah. in my lap because it loves me. Like, that's just so silly. And it took me a while at first. I first listened to it. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this and this album as a whole. But I think it's just because she released two albums full of folk songs that were very lyrical and poetic and meant to like dissect the language and it was just like these you know beautifully written things that had string instruments in the back and stuff so i was used to that this is this is taylor swift i mean she's the same one that wrote me like this is taylor swift it's just so silly and fun and i i love it well i like i i can hear that song and think like that's that's a fun song and then imagine like a 15 year old being like yeah karma Karma's yeah. gonna come back to those people that <laughs> smote me. Yeah. Uh, Riley, you didn't mention the most important part of the Bejeweled music video. What's that? Of the of who's in the Bejeweled music video. Oh, well, Laura Dern is in it. Laura Dern is in it. I thought. Isn't Dita Von Teese too? Yes. Okay. And Haim. And... Jack Antonoff, who is her producer on the whole album. Okay. And that's all, all the that's all cameras. great. But Laura Dern, to, Laura to Dern go back to Laura Dern, yes. Laura Dern is there. If we could all just take a moment to celebrate that. Laura Dern's presence. I love Laura Dern. Okay. I know you do. <laughs> that was my favorite part, was the presence of Laura Dern. It's a good song. I like it. But Laura Dern is, is the best part. Well, and that's another one that she's t- saying something deeper than it sounds because of the music. But like in an interview about it, she said, I was so scared to come back to pop because this was my next, this was her next planned album. Like this was what was supposed to be next after Lover in 2019. And then pandemic happened and she ends up writing the other two. Um, but she said she was scared to come back to pop because she felt like she wouldn't be welcome and people expect a certain thing from her now. So Bejeweled is supposed to be like, well, look at me. I can still sparkle. I can still shimmer. I can mm-hmm. still make fun poppy pop music. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is fun poppy pop music, but I would say it's um, it's different than before. Yes. I, There's a... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't want to say, like, sadness. It's not sad. It's a... It's more mature. Yeah. It's a... I keep l- lowering my hand. Is this a, it's yeah. something like down tempo, but it's not even a tempo. It's a da- it's I don't know. I don't, calmness. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's something different to it. Well, I do think there's something, I don't know. I kind of goes back to what you started talking about like, with mastermind. There's something strategic about it where I feel like, and I, I mean, I, I don't dislike it about it, but I think that Taylor Swift has been in the industry long enough to know how to make a hit album. But mm-hmm. she's also sort of aware that it's it's a business, you know, yeah. that people have treated her like a product. So she's going to give you a product and she's going to make you aware that she's aware you're treating her like a product. And I don't it's mm-hmm. all there. And then it's also just like a light poppy album, which I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a, there's a bit of menace to some of it, honestly, that I appreciate. Yeah. She yeah. said that in her documentary that she feels like as a woman in music, you have to keep reinventing yourself every couple of years or else people get bored of you and they'll just move on to like what's new and exciting and then you're just over and done with and your moment's over. So she said that's why she has these eras where it's like entirely different from what she did before because she knows what people want and it's just different from whatever she did before. 
whether it's because people didn't like it or people are tired of it or whatever mm-hmm. she just has to do something different so you're i mean that's exactly it like she knows what is going to make her a lot of money and sell but also does it in a way that still reflects at least some truth i do think it's some of the reads I've, and it's the specifically related to that anti uh, anti-hero song and the and mm-hmm. the video that goes with it um that line, I you talked about it last week, right? The the, the sexy, sexy baby, the sexy baby, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that some people have been like, "Oh no, Taylor Swift is finally like millennial cringe." Like this album was millennial cringe, you know? Like, oh, I'm the bad guy, I'm the I'm the antihero, I'm the yeah. problem, and it kind of like this album's a success. She's still successful, mm-hmm. but like when when Taylor Swift takes that turn because I feel like that that line like maybe she didn't realize that it was kind of out of touch because you would assume mm-hmm. everybody's seen 30 rock yeah because you're of yeah. you're older than some of your audience yeah. like if she ever takes that turn and like goes far into like oh wait people don't get me anymore I can just do whatever I, I'll be around for that too because yeah. I think that's fine you know <laughs> that is an important yeah. moment when you realize you don't have to you could you could set the relevancy. You don't have to be relevant at their by their standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do want to say just because you had said this feels like her other stuff, but and you kept doing the down the down mm-hmm. thing. There is a song called Maroon, um, mm-hmm. which obviously she had a whole album called Red, and there was the titular song on the album called Red. Mm-hmm. And I think if you listen to it, it feels like it's talking about a similar person or a similar story almost but because maroon is like a darker red this is like a more i don't want to say it's like darker but you know more mature more adult heavier realistic, heavier yeah i don't know also there was... less idealistic about love and relationships and more realistic mm-hmm. about like what those things actually mean yeah. even like sweet nothing is like the one nice little love song on this album and it's not anymore about like how exciting and wild and passionate love is like some of her other songs where it's just like no you don't ask anything extra of me you don't want anything else that's all i want <laughs> you don't want anything else from me other than just me being me that's just all i want well um before we wrap up i would say the i liked mastermind the best what are each of your favorite songs mm-hmm. um you know i really like you're on your own kid uh but i think would have could have should have is my favorite favorite it's in the 3 a.m edition mm-hmm. it's an actual seven yeah i, I also would but. say I, li- I like you're on your own kid um i also like the last song i guess this was only on the because I, I listened to the 3 a.m edition i mm-hmm. like dear reader i don't know dear it was, reader it was kind of a yeah. weird outro i like that i listened yeah. to that too yeah well that one i think is the most obvious up front this is me talking to you mm-hmm. here's all the lessons i've learned and all the things i've been through but also don't listen to me because i'm like a broken person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, uh, I, I love the 3 a.m. version. I can understand that she wanted it to be like a concept thing and 13's her number. So it's 13 songs. And I think that those 13 are very cohesive together. But I think that the other seven, that's just some of the best songs. Well, Riley, thank you. Thank you all for letting me talk it. about Taylor Swift for another hour. Of course. <laughs> of course. She's going to come out with another album in like two months, right? <laughs> I know. I was going to say, when are we going to talk about this again? Maybe after I go see her on tour. Uh-huh. I don't know. If I do. Well, it was good. I enjoyed it. I liked the album. Good. Good. Um, um, Sid, what's next? Something completely different. Uh, I want to talk about <laughs> yeah. the 1998 Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore movie, The Wedding Singer. <laughs> All right. That you do. 
It's very of the 90s. It's about the 80s, but of the 90s, and I think it works. Well, all right. I've not actually seen it, so. Oh. Well, there we go. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, everybody should check out uh, Midnight or Midnight's a 3 a.m. edition or any one of the 16 versions of this <laughs> CD or album. Special target, target release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that you would like to enjoy. There's um, one album buried somewhere in the continental U.S. that if you follow the clues, <laughs> you find it. And it's got another song on it. Mm. Listen to I, all 200 of her songs backwards. I, I personally like this one better than the last two, this album. Oh, really? It's I, just me. They're just very different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's more fun to listen to. I have to be mm-hmm. in a mood to listen to the other two. Um, thank you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org and listen to a lot of great shows there. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org or you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. The next time we do this, I can say either delegate Sydney McElroy or I can say failed attempt at being a delegate (laughs) that's a fun energy (laughs) that's exciting oh yay hi i'm jackie cation hello i'm Lori kilmerton we do a podcast called the jackie and Lori show and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. <laughs> because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Audience supported.